Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. This is Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast where we talk about the Bible, talk about our weird evangelical upbringing, and try to make peace with it through alcohol and laughter. My name is Justin. I was a former pastor, a raging evangelical for many years, and now I have rejected that lifestyle choice and am living like a human in the world this crazy weird world we live in. So I have a co-host who is across the coast in godless Portland, Oregon. Yes. Yes. Delightful, godless anarchist jurisdiction. I'm not sure if we still have that assignment or not. <laughs> that was just a Trump thing. Um, yeah. Anyway. Hey, I'm Tori. Um, I am in Portland. Also former raging evangelical. I mean, I was I tried, I was, I, you know, I was pretty good at it, even though it, I was also really, really bad at it. Like there were some things that just really didn't stick for me. And so eventually I was like, okay, this is not where I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. But because it has been the overwhelming majority of my life that I've been in that space, it feels good to like laugh at it a little bit and cry and cry at it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you need to do is fine. However you feel the need to cope or grieve. It's uh, is welcome is, is appropriate. Probably all of the above, honestly, especially because, you know, the unprecedented precedented times we live in I, we're, continues to remind us how crazy it was. And it's like we get out, we get healthy and now they take over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's like the fewer of them there are, the more power they have curiously enough yes i don't know how that works but uh objectively there are fewer of them now than there were 20 years ago by a lot especially yeah in terms of like percentage of the population there are so many fewer of them and 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 they're like overwhelming like a disproportionately amount of power that they have managed to accumulate because uh you can if you terrify people you can make them do pretty much whatever you want them to do it's a cult. That's what it's I'm saying. But, you know, there was a, a big, I think, rock thrown at the cult uh, this last month. We haven't, we've touched on it a little bit on the podcast. We haven't really dove into it that much. Uh, and that's the report out of, at the ASB, of, I'm sorry, I can't talk. The third party report on the SBC's cover up of sexual harassment and sexual assault by ministers, leaders, and the subsequent cover ups. It, it's a doozy like and it, it's one of those that's like it feels it's vindication in a lot of ways because so many of us and I, I wasn't my grandparents and my dad were southern baptist they still go to southern baptist church you know so it's, it's part of my background it's not pro- predominantly in my background but it's there and i think in those spaces and even just conservative religious spaces, you know, we've been kind of raising the alarms for a long time now that like sexual assault's a problem here and people aren't being held accountable. And, you know, some of them still have positions, you know, and, and it's just been like, Oh, that's silly. That's all. That's like what Catholics do, <laughs> you know, like that's, so it's like the thing I had on the Catholics, like, well, the Catholics are the, the abusers and the molesters or whatever. Like we don't do that. 
And it's like, no, no I know you do. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, there is a certain amount of vindication in that, but it's also like, holy shit, the amount of pain and suffering and trauma that this organization has created and covered up is, it, yeah, it's so much. Like, it, it just, you can't even, it's like you can't even calculate it. It it absolutely is. And I, you know, I feel like I've been shouting about this for years on Twitter and anywhere else anyone will listen to me, which is not that many places offline. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm like, it's, it's the thing that is really horrifying to me is that like with the Catholic church, SBC has a hierarchy in place, right? So they, there's somebody like keeping track of keeping tabs on all of the things, right? Like there are hundreds of thousands of autonomous churches where nobody is keeping track of anything, right? Like there's no oversight. There's no one even keeping a list of who's been shuffled to where, right? Yeah. And that's by design. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think, I think, you know, something that I've been thinking about is like, it's kind of the same thing, not changing the subject. I promise. It's kind of the same thing with like police departments and, and school districts. It's like you, you have these, you have these teeny tiny, like hyper concentrated, whatever it is, right? Like nobody has any say, nobody talks to anybody else. Like we are like, this is our thing. We have complete control here. And I feel like that like really kind of intense, I don't know, like fracturing, right. Is is interesting because it allows stuff like this to go on and on and on and on and on. Right. And we, we do see this, I think in policing, I think this is also why like school boards have been being hijacked for the past 40 years by fundamentalist religious zealots who uh, don't send their kids to those schools. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that there is like, there's something appealing about having no oversight. Right. And I think that that is why so much of our society is structured the way that it is and why things that are kind of organized on like a, on like a much higher level, right? Like federally or in like a church government or what, whatever the situation is, like that's so looked down upon. <laughs> and it's because it's like you, you legitimately cannot get away with as much for as long. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it was, it was designed that way in the sense of, you know, it was going to be a congregational model, quote unquote, you know, each congregational figure it out and like states rights, Mm-mm. you know, no. And it's like, no, they won't. no, that, that doesn't work. It is one of the, it's like many things in America. It sounds kind of nice. Like, Oh, like we're not going to have this, you know, big hierarchy over us, but usually that just means that wealthy white people get in power and mm-hmm create stay something there. and stay yeah, and stay there and there's no system to get them out. I mean, that, that was the, the main excuse. And I use that, I use that term deliberately because it is just an excuse of Southern Baptist leaders saying, you know, we couldn't remove these people because of our church structure. You know, our church structure didn't allow us to remove people to, to, to like go in and remove people. And it's like, okay, your church structure couldn't, but if you know they're a sexual predator, you can report them to local law enforcement. <laughs> like, like there's that's, more than one option here, sweetie. There, yeah, you know, so like, I don't, so, I, I, that's like, yeah, yeah. such a cop out to me, like that particular excuse, because it's like, well, our 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 church government is structured in such a way as to not allow us to remove people for rape, like, yeah. So you've got a, like, you have problems that are much, much bigger than just like these hundreds or thousands of assaults that you have covered up over the past. Because you had a list of these people, Uh huh. like you knew who they were and you just were like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, we'll just, because of our structure, we just can't do anything. Right. Which is like, that's not, that's not a real thing. Cause like you made the structure, right? Your structure is not like hand delivered from heaven by like a dove with an olive branch in its mouth. Like you made that up, which means you can also change it up. That's how structures work. (laughs) Yeah. You can just say like, you invented it. Yeah. And you could just pass a resolution to say like, Hey, if you've been accused of sexual assault, like. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 
one it's of our really rules. That, it's really that simple. Like it really, really is. We don't have to get, we don't have to get all like up in the weeds about this. It's just like, don't assault people. But that is like, that is too much for the way that they've organized, structured their church government. That is too much to ask. Don't assault people is too much to ask. Like that I think that like the 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 Doug Wilson quote that you told that we were talking oh, about gosh, right before yeah, we'll, we started we'll recording, like I, I think I, I find that I find it really fascinating just that they have this sort of well, it's like this is like this is how like he has a lot of like kind of Christianist, like white Christian nationalism as like his theology, right? And it's like, well, God bless the United States and the United States had slavery, so you know, and slavery's in the Bible. What so are you gonna do? Like, just be yeah. just be nice to your slaves. Yeah, but, and, and and making these arguments seriously. Yeah, Doug Wilson. For people that don't know, or I, I am sure if you grew up evangelical and were in a church of any size, you ran into somebody that read some Doug Wilson. Mm-hmm. I don't know They're, how he manages to like stay off the radar radar so much. Yeah, he so and he's billed as like this high minded intellectual man of principle kind of like thing. But like this is this is a quote. Um, this is actually from I'm pulling this from an article that was written on religion dispatches, basically talking about sexual abuse being inevitable in Christian patriarchy it was kind of a, and so pulls a couple of Doug Wilson quotes because he's he's a big he's big on patriarchy and the Southern Baptist Church is big on patriarchy, you know, complementarianism, which is, it's patriarchy. Come on. But this is what he said. I'm just going to, maybe a trigger warning for this ridiculous quote, because it's awful. It is horrific. Yeah. So (laughs) this is what, this is what Doug Wilson says. And sadly, way too many people believe that women inescapably need godly masculine protection against ungodly masculine harassment. Women who refuse protection from their fathers and husbands must seek it from the police, but women who genuinely insist on no masculine protection are really women who tacitly agree to the propriety of rape, end quote. Right. Yeah. So if you're not going to submit to me as your like spiritual authority, then like it's not rape you've consented. And, and the whole thing, like women need godly masculine protection against ungodly masculine harassment. Like, so the problem is men <laughs> like, so it's, it's like, and I've seen this argument phrased various different ways over the years. Like, so women need protection by men from men. Like maybe, why don't you, why don't you just deal with the fucking men? Why don't we just deal with the men? <laughs> and then women wouldn't need protection from men. It's almost like, you want us to be dependent on you in a way that like our literal like bodily autonomy and and safety is contingent on how you feel in the moment. Yes. Like yeah. completely just like up to the whims of whatever's going on in your fucking nervous system today. And that's that qualifies as protection because God put me in this position as your pastor, your husband, your father, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it's, and oh and, god. Like I Doug Wilson's ideas are atrocious. I, I want to say that with all of my heart, but it, I, I can respect him in the sense that like, he just comes out and says this shit. He comes out and says it. He owns it. He knows who he is. He's not pussyfooting around, not pussyfooting around, you know, <laughs> but that idea of like, well, she was asking for it by being single. She was asking for it by, you know, by not having a godly man around her. You know, where were, where were the men, you know, okay, but like also where were the men with all these dudes who are running around committing assault and harassment? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like so, why, why is that's never, never addressed. And I, I, I mean, I get it, but I don't, I don't get it. Like the solution here is control women, not demand that men not commit assault. Well, Tori, I don't know if you know this, but it, it is a great burden and responsibility to be a man in this world the trans agenda and the leftist agenda is trying to erase men i don't know if you knew this story this is why tucker carlson is telling us to suntan our balls so so that we can remain men in the world because there's a war on men you know i have to i really red light on your balls is is how we fight (laughs) the war 
Uh, that's probably really, really, really bad for uh, your sperm count. Um, yes. So, but I, I really, <laughs> I, I really have to. <laughs> I really have to. Uh, this is another time that I am going to agree with St. Paul and say, y'all just need to castrate yourselves. Don't need to tan anything. Just cut that shit right off. Yeah, Problem I don't, solved. <laughs> I don't, I don't really advocate for capital punishment, but I do advocate for creative punishment. And <laughs> castrating oh, pastors that prey on children is probably, Hey, we can talk about it. It's I, on the table. It's on the table. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, and, and that ridiculous story that came out about the there was the pastor in Indiana that confessed to to having an affair twenty some years ago, past the statute of limitations, by the way. And the girl stepped forward, brave soul she was, because she was still in the church. For goodness sakes! Wow, goddamn! She was like, um, "I was sixteen when that happened. Thank you very much." Like, yeah, that was not an affair. And of course the church kind of turned against her, but like, obviously it, cause it's like, Oh, he's such a strong man for confessing this, you know, well past the statute of limitations. And also you raped a child. Uh-huh. Like, like that's, but somehow that's like, again, seen as this like noble thing. And, you know, it's, it's strange to me too, that there are, there are all these laws now trying to get passed. They're not actually passing, but they're being proposed in these States to like lower the marital age limit. I don't <laughs> you can legally marry 15 year olds or something like why? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess incels are going to incel, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's, it's wild out there that these, you know, very patriarchal, very backwards, very barbaric ideas are getting some kind of intellectual play. And, you know, this article on religion dispatches and, you know, I think our own hunches have proven over and over again that, that this patriarchal system leads to sexual assault and, denial of body bodily autonomy every single time that that is that is the goal yeah yeah that's that's a feature not a bug Uh uh-huh yeah and i mean i think you know we both grew up evangelical we've talked about this before there's they there's no power analysis in that space right like these they sincerely try to tell you complimentary complementarian or not like everyone has the same amount of power Everyone has the same amount of agency. Like, I don't know how many times I have been told this, right? It's like, you're not a victim. Like you're choosing to be a victim because everyone has the same amount of power over their own life. And it's like, so, so there's no power analysis here, which is convenient when like you have set up structures and reinforced for centuries at this point, these structures where you protect the people with power. Like that is the priority is protecting the people with power, right? Like the less power you have, the less protection you deserve. And because you're just as powerful. Like that's, that is, yeah, it's so fucking backwards. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I think that it kind of plays out in this, in this, like, you know, with men who are being predatory in whatever way and like husbands, like your wife is, is your property ultimately. And you're supposed to serve her but sometimes stuff happens, you know, and it's, and then it's like, kids have jack shit. Right. And, and like some of, some of these children literally are, are, are killed by their parents because it's like, we think corporal punishment is a good thing. And that can, it causes like permanent damage a hundred percent of the time, (laughs) but you know, it can, it can, it can also do way worse. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, well, they're, you know, they're compliant, but it's like, it's this thing of like the more power you have, the more important it is for us to rally around you, to forgive you, to protect you, to offer you grace and restoration. And if you don't have power, then you get none of those things. You get no protection. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that that is why they have to continue on with this, like zero power analysis. (laughs) Well, yeah, and but that's and that's also when there is also so much of their theology is wrapped up in the power of the pastor. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, the pastor, you know, and this, this, you see this in church planning circles all the time too. Like the pastor is the one given the vision by God to plant the church or whatever, and you know he is endowed with the authority of God in this space. So, if we acknowledge that he is a fallible human being 
that fucked up and abused that power, then we kind of have to acknowledge that maybe he wasn't God's person. You know, like their like their understanding of God gets tied into these roles. So so the like subconscious need to make sure that this role stays pure and that there's no no question it's it's unimpeachable. It's kind of mm-hmm. built in. And yes. so you know, this, this 16 year old girl was trying to entice and ensnare God's man, you know, like that, that's Uh how it gets, Uh that's how it gets viewed. And there's no understanding of like this man used his power to abuse this person because you can't abuse that power. That power is from God. Uh, So yeah. Like, cause to, to admit that you can't abuse it admits that it's not perfect infallible. or divine yeah. or infallible. Uh, and so it, it's, it's an interesting or convenient theological trap or just like, cause you could just run in circles with it. And that that's one of the thousands of reasons why there's no power analysis because it, to really analyze power would go, Oh, that means this is a human system. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I think it, like, it's really gross how this, how like the U.S. government is conflated in into the same like ideology of like power. Like there's no pa- there's no power analysis, right? But like God set up this system, so we can't question it, right? And so, in you know, I mean, this is like again another another example, I guess, of like how the power analysis like is super convenient if you are the person in power. <laughs> the lack of power analysis because you know. They, it's like if there's a Republican in the White House, so like this is God's man, doesn't fucking matter if he like committed assault or you know decided to like walk into a little girl's dressing room and just stand there because he wanted to watch. Like, this is the dude that God chose. And if you're and if you're a Democrat, like Satan, Satan's at work in the United States, Uh and we need to oppose it. It's like, "Mm." I mean, man, like, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Can you explain really quick, maybe for some new folks or, or people that maybe kind of grasp the concept, but maybe don't, can you explain power analysis? Like what you mean by that? Mm, yeah. That, that way yeah. we just have a better picture of what we're talking about. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. No, that's like, like, there's idea. no power analysis. And I'm sure there's somebody out there like, like, okay, like I what? I know what, what they're talking about, but I'm not <laughs> quite sure I'm new. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, I don't actually know where this originated. So that's really, really embarrassing, but or like where this language originated. But yeah, essentially the the concept is like acknowledging that there are power disparities, right? That not everybody is given the same amount of power. And, you know, once again, like this is really, this is a really wild thing. If you are, if you are a conservative who is like God, God like ordained, preordained everything about this country. And everybody has the same amount of power. And then you like try to bring up like slavery and like land theft. And it's like, well, this was, you know, God needed us to succeed. Right. And these people got to hear the gospel. So ultimately it was fine. Or like a classic example of like using that, like, oh, the natives converted. That means God, you know, wanted us to be here. And what isn't analyzed is the fact that like native peoples weren't stupid. (laughs) <laughs> and they saw that the guns and the disease were on the side of the white man. Yeah. And some tribes decided we may as well just join. Right. And yeah. so like, yeah, absolutely. So power analysis would be looking at like, there were incentives to do that beyond like God's so good. Right. 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 And, and I think that like people having like agency volition, over their own lives. Right. So like adults have more power than children. Right. Some of that is legal. Some of that is physical. Like some of that is cultural. Right. Adults get to get to make decisions about like the quality of children's lives. They have absolutely no say in there's no way for them to push back, even if they are being horrifically abused. Right. Or, you know, a a professor, you know, kind of take it out of the realm of history or, you know, like a professor that hits on a student, you know, like those are not two equals. Those are not two equal people. Like even if she's attracted to him, like why is she attracted to him? And why like and yeah, she consented to say sex later on, but this person also has the power 
to give her a failing grade. Oh, to have her expelled. Or to have her expelled. Or, like, or you can ruin things. somebody's yeah. reputation. Yeah. Like, you can so, make sure they never get a fucking job, and right? Even if, and even if someone is not conscious of that as the person that is, you know, with less power, even if they're not necessarily conscious of it, that's still operating under the surface. And so to totally. acknowledge that is to, I think, fail to understand all the dynamics. And that's not even to say, like, a professor and a student in certain circumstances could have a semi-mutual relationship you know, as consenting adults, depending on age disparity, all those things. And age disparity is also a power dynamic too. But it is to say like, you have to acknowledge that or you're creating some serious problems. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Even in otherwise ethical situations, like two consenting adults, like, well, these aren't just two consenting adults. I mean, I think that, I think the example that I kind of go to the, the most often, right. Is, is the entire, the, the, the whole situation with, with Bill Clinton, like preying on an intern, right? Like, yes, this person was absolutely adult, an adult, but like there, there are approximately six people on the planet who can consent to having sex with the president of the United States that it, where it's, there's no coercion involved. And like one of those people is the fucking queen of England. So shut up right? Like that was rape. That was predatory. That was assault. That's at the end, right? Like, what are you going to do if, and it, it, you know, this is like, this comes up all the time on like, I think it's like some, some of the, some of the weirdo Thea bros on Twitter do this all the time of like, David didn't commit assault because like Bathsheba should have resisted. Yeah. Yeah. Bathsheba like, consented. Sc- I'm sorry. Excuse me. What? Like, it's the fucking king. Like he's he sent he sent like military dudes to drag her out of her fucking house. Like, what do you mean she consented? Like, you don't get the option to just be like, no, just kill me. Like, that is not an option that is given to you. No, I mean it, it is is the implied outcome, sure. Right. You know? But it's like but nobody has to do that. No, no one has to do that. You know, like yeah, it, it's like, well, yeah, she said yes, she could have chosen to die. Like uh, okay. <laughs> She um, really couldn't have, though, if yeah. like he had his mindset on this, he wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm just going to kill you. He's just, he's going to be like, I'm going to have somebody hold you down. Like, what the yeah. fuck are people and talking about? Kill you. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, like so age, like money, political power, like fame or even even exposure sometimes like these are ways that people can people can legitimately be abused right and because we are coming out of a system that was so bad at power analysis i will say ex-evangelical folks listening to this you need to get a lot better at this i'm not even good at it sometimes like i i because it's just not my default i mean i right you know i'll see a post on instagram and be like you're not a victim like yeah i'm not a victim like (laughs) i actually am legitimately a victim of some things like you know like and then and and it's not like weakness to admit that and so I, I do think that it is very easy for us to fall back into that. And so I think I think people that have left the high demand fundamentalist systems, I think, need to probably be a lot more mindful of power analysis, of power disparities, simply because we were not raised to even think about it. Right. Exactly. So, and, yeah. and that's and that's created problems in our community, quite frankly, that we have to address and we will continue to try to address. But we, we want to just, you know, make sure that's like very clear that you know this is this is i think our task to do because mm-hmm. we're coming out of these systems that literally deny that that's even a thing you're supposed to do because then you have to hold people with power accountable at a level that like people without power can't be held accountable frankly i mean I, I like this is this is this is maybe a little bit awkward and maybe not even the most helpful like example but i was I had been having this conversation like with some random person on Twitter and it was like, Hey, we should hang out. Like we should do some stuff together, whatever. And like, this person was a lot younger than me. They made like a fraction of what I make. Like I have this decent sized Twitter following, like for our little corner of the internet. Right. Like it's not actually significant. And I, you know, so this is something that I brought up, right. Even though I'm like, Anywhere I go, I'm going to be perceived as, as female. And this person was like, sis, dude, it was like, okay. Like, I just want to make sure that like, (laughs) this is on the level, right? Because this is a situation where, you know, if I were a shitty person or just a person who doesn't pay attention, like this could easily become abusive without, without me even thinking about it. Right. Like putting you in a position where you are, where, where your privacy is compromised as an example, 
right? Because I can just like blast something out to 30,000 people whenever I fucking feel like it. You know, so it's just, it's, it's things like that. I mean, like the professor, student, teacher, student, like that is, that's another great one. Like boss, employee, all of these things are examples. And it's not, it's all, it's, it's mostly like cis dudes (laughs) at the top, but not every single time, not every single time. There's, there are, there are occasionally situations where like you can be someone who's not a cis dude and, and still engage in coercion intentionally or unintentionally. So yeah, I I mean, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not like saying this is all like, this is, it's the white man's fault. White man's (laughs) burden. Um, like mostly, yes, mostly it is. However, like power is an exclusive, like power doesn't only work like in that way, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a tricky thing for sure. And, and honestly, I think it's even new for humans generally to be mindful of that. There are obviously the Southern Baptist convention and, and proponents of patriarchy are extra behind, but I think think, just even, even generally in human history the idea of analyzing power in that way has probably not been a thing as much um, um i mean yeah I, I would say in the history of the west absolutely not <laughs> i will say, yeah having read the dawn of everything i think there actually were probably plenty of indigenous cultures that were pretty good at power analysis actually comparatively maybe maybe yeah a little too good like they took that kind of far <laughs> yeah um like there was one I was reading about in that book where like, if someone got too good at hunting, like the whole community would get together and just mock them relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> like we're just going to bully you to an inch of your life. <laughs> yeah. Because you're just getting way too, way too big for this. For your britches. Yeah. Yep. You, you uh-huh. need to be taking out a couple of pegs. Um, <laughs> you may be good at hunting, but you suck at everything else. <laughs> yeah. So I, we have a lot to learn all that to say. And, you know, this story with the SBC is continuing to unfold and, and to the thousands of victims and honestly, even people that weren't necessarily victims overtly, I think even covertly victims, like mm-hmm. realizing that your pastor was a sexual predator or a rapist or someone who committed abuse or someone and- who just constantly made people around him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Without and, even being explicit, right? Like no one thought to warn you, you know, or 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 someone knew, someone actually knew, and they right, and nobody for a did job anything. at your church, and people hired them, and no one said anything. Like that's abusive. That will shake your faith in a lot of things. So, so it's you know the the damage is very wide, widespread, and and very and it's going to touch a lot of people. And you know, I think that. I think it's, it's going to be, could be the beginning of the end in a lot of ways, but that yeah. may have started a long time ago. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I hope that, I hope that like the, what comes out of this is like, yeah, like more critical analysis of like what is happening in these churches that don't have any oversight, what is happening in situations where people are overseas doing missions work, whatever the fuck that means. Right. Because a lot of, like a lot of unmarried women get sent out onto the mission field, at least in my denomination. That's where you went. If you hit 35 and you weren't seeing anybody, they're like, okay, it is time for you to go. God has called you to uh, Somalia. Good luck. Yeah. God has called you to not be here. (laughs) I hate it here anyway. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about televangelists. Mm -hmm. Good time. Yes. All right. Thanks everybody. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Thanks for enjoying that bit of capitalism. Whatever. Whatever ad you got. I hope it was. It was inspired by the Lord. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. Yeah. Truly, it was. Uh, so thank you. And occasionally you'll get no ads at all. So uh, I guess also inspired by the Lord. Also inspired by the Lord, you know. So uh, we do have a new patron this week. Uh, hey. 
So Amber we're trying is to collect them. Trying to collect the, got to catch them all. You know, <laughs> this is, this is going to be Amber. And she is a new youth pastor, which means she gets a life verse, which is incredibly exciting. Love us some new life verses. And so Tori's going to go ahead and, and do the do the flipping and channel the Holy Spirit directly. I don't know if we've ever used the word channel before in reference to the Holy Spirit choosing oh. a verse, a life verse for someone. And I kind of love it. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> okay, let's see here. What, where is, where, where, where are my eyes being led? (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, Oh boy, this is Leviticus 23, 26. And it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, comma. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's what Jesus said to you. (laughs) I mean, it does go on, but like, that's the verse. That's the one. (laughs) Leviticus 23, 26, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying. (laughs) That that may be the best one yet. Somehow, somehow that is like objectively worse than Jesus wept. Like at least there's an entire thought there. (laughs) Amber, please enjoy that or our condolences, whichever one you would like to to take with you today. (laughs) You know, Moses could say anything, I guess. Just whatever you you want him to say. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there are lots of choices. This is very much a choose your own adventure life verse, which most of them are really. Yeah, true. You can make them say <laughs> anything, which is great. So thank you for that. Um, if you would like to join our community of patrons, uh, that's patreon.com slash go home Bible. I'm, I'm going to just put a, a stake in the ground or lay out a fleece, mm, look at you. whatever you want to call it. Wow. Okay. Uh, and say so we are, we are going to launch our discord by June 15th. So that is that is going to be the date that we're going to do that. Going uh, that on the will, record. That will be available to all patrons. So whether you were patron before or you want to be a patron now, you can join for as, as little as $4 a month, which is about a, like a, basically a dollar a week. And that will get you an ad-free episode, Patreon community, as well as just little, little bits and stuff here and there. Um, Literally, you can't even buy a pack of gum or a water bottle for a dollar anymore. So this is, is a true. screaming deal. Yeah, screaming deal. So... Uh, thank you for that. If we get 50 patrons, we when we plan, get 50 patrons, when we get page, 50 patrons, uh, we, we are going plan, to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, oh, no, I was to? just I was just I was just sorry. I was oh. just saying, like, we're we're going to we're going to we're going to we're uh, we're hatching a uh, listener hangout in Washington, yeah. D.C. And that will be followed by maybe other ones in the future. Who knows? And also, Tori, for and I sure, are, we're going for to sure. make a pilgrimage to the grave of to the grave site of Antonin Scalia, Antonin Scalia, which was found by someone, some internet sleuth. And we owe them greatly, greatly <laughs> for uh, their work. We will give that grave site all the homage his legacy is due. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. It's going to be a good time. So, uh, so th- thank you all of our patrons and all of our listeners yeah. too, for all the support you've given us over the last year. We've been doing this very excited for the next year, but, uh, just wanted to Give you an opportunity if you want to take it a step further for the Lord. If not, any any you know five star reviews, any shares with friends, greatly yeah. appreciated. All of those things are are really lovely and helpful. Yeah, you're amazing, all of you. So we're going to talk a little bit today. We're not going to jump into the Bible per se. We're gonna. Sometimes talk. you need a break from that sometimes shit. Sometimes you need a break and. Uh, honestly, I will say that sometimes it it can be not re-traumatizing. That's putting way too, that's making it too heavy. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's like with all that's going on in the world uh, and all that's going, that goes on in the Bible, sometimes it's nice to be like, let's just make fun of something else. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, so I, I, from what I gather, Tori, televangelists and celebrity pastors in general were a big part of your childhood. Yeah. Uh, as an evangelical, can you tell us about this? Yeah, it was very strange because, um, like once I hit junior high, we started going to not, um, these wild ass house churches that were basically like prepping before prepping was cool. Um, so as a little, little kid, we basically constantly had the Christian television channel on, it was on every single morning. It was on every evening 
wasn't on during the day because you know what my we were homeschooled so <laughs> can't really have the tv on at that time and so yeah i was hearing multiple sermons a day basically even when i wasn't at church it was just completely inescapable and there are a there's a whole cast of characters uh in that particular group of people who they really you know kind of span like the entire spectrum of of humanity in so many ways <laughs> yeah I mean, some of them are very clearly like queer folks who just are not out of the closet. Some of them are like, oh, you would actually like if if you if you weren't making millions of dollars from this, like you just walk away and be a very kind person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like everybody, everybody from every corner of everywhere is like in on this shit. And it is they have now successfully managed to like export it across the planet, which is Makes me want to vomit, honestly, <laughs> because it's there's so much exploitation and so much abuse. And, you know, if somebody is on the television telling you what you were sitting on your couch in pain, having been in pain for months or years, they're like, if you send them 50 or 60 bucks, like God's going to hear your prayers and and make you feel better. Like, who who would not do that? You know, and like. The thing that I love about the thing about that I love about it in retrospect is it's not, it doesn't seem that different to me from like going to a witch and the witch says like, okay, bring me like a locket of your child's hair and like a bone from like, I don't know, a chicken and like, has you like collect all these things and come back. And then I'll like, make sure that this curse no longer is like affecting your life. (laughs) It's exactly the same, except they don't, all they want, all they want is your cash. Mm-hmm. give me your cash um, and we'll give you this handkerchief that i sneezed on right and oh my god yeah then... the bodily fluids like let's not even get into that at least not yet <laughs> so yeah there's like this exchange that's very that's very odd of like we got this olive oil from an olive garden outside of jerusalem and we used it to anoint all of these little hankies and if you send us twelve hundred fifty dollars like we will send one of these to you in the mail and it's going to do, I mean, it's, it's, it's straight witchcraft. (laughs) Like that is all it is. Um, And like the thing, the thing is though, that like witches aren't greedy. Like, like these dudes, (laughs) mostly dudes. There are some women, they don't get a pass, but uh, yeah. Using dudes in a genderless way, like witches are not, not nearly as greedy. (laughs) They're not actively trying to break you or telling you to like, go into credit card debt yeah like, which these guys on, do yeah go into credit card debt you know the lord the lord will reimburse you oh yeah 10 times over that's what the bible says you just have to like partner with somebody who's in with god yeah the, the lord does not reimburse you i just want to <laughs> throw that out there yeah if you're tithing now like just 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 stop if you need to just like save it so you can give it later. Just hang on to it and tell tell the Lord that He'll get it later until you realize that this is not that's not how it works. If the Lord needs money, He can make it like the rest of us do. <laughs> bootstraps, baby. Yeah, bootstraps. That. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It. It. I mean, talk about a group of people that need some power analysis. It, yeah, because well, and television generally also like it's this weird ape thing where you give people authority yes you see them on a big glowing screen yes it it just it's weird i don't know how it works Uh you know when when someone is in this position of authority they somehow have more authority than than i do I don't, I don't get it. Like from a neuroscience perspective, I do not fucking understand how that works, but it is absolutely true. And like, data bears it out. Like if somebody is on a television screen telling you to do a thing, like you are more likely to take that serious. Even if like that's like compared to that same person saying the exact same thing to you, like to your face a lot of the time, because like just to your face, it's like, this is a stranger. I don't know what's going on, but it's like, if you're on TV, like there were, you know, a thousand gatekeepers (laughs) before you even got anywhere near like a camera, right? Never mind like getting your face blasted across the an entire continent or more you know with the internet now 
yeah, I like, I don't understand that, but it is, it's deeply manipulative and it works because these guys are like millionaires. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, I, I, I always go back to Creflo dollar only because it's like the man's last name is dollar. Like, <laughs> like people call him profit dollar and no one reverend reverend doctor profit dollar yeah it's <laughs> like, really hard to say like how <laughs> like and yeah and definitely a prosperity gospel person owns owns two rolls royces which that's some like extravagant bullshit there right yeah you know, like, like i get liking cars but that's dumb <laughs> yeah and and yet somehow they continue to get away with it yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're partnering with God by partnering with Dr. Profit, Pastor Dollar. And so, you know, you just you just want to hook yourself up to that money train. Why would you not do that? Again, it's like if this actually works, like why would you not? Or if it it's like they're like, you don't have anything to lose, like you're already suffering. Yeah, I'm already suffering. What's what's why 10, not test God? What's ten dollars? What's a hundred dollars? Totally. You know, and that's the thing, like, even if it is just ten dollars you know, that times a million <laughs> on one Sunday. Uh-huh. Like that adds up. That'll, that'll that add adds up, up fast. The like, I mean, one of the things that I think is really, really interesting is that like they pretty much always have like the, their like 1-800 number on the bottom of the screen. So you can always call. Doesn't matter like what time of day it is, like what show is playing. It's like, this is the number call and give us your money and like god will get you he's got your back did you uh did you ever call the 800 number you know i didn't i n- i never actually called that number because you could call for prayer requests but really they wanted your your debit card <laughs> mm-hmm. um however my parents have given these people tens of thousands of dollars if not if not hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point like like their their goal their financial goal was to be able to give like a third of their gross income to these motherfuckers. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I have, I have other friends whose parents have done the exact same thing. Like friends whose, whose grandparents have left literally everything to like television preachers that they have never met, never seen once in real life. People who do not give a flying fuck about them or know that they exist. And, you know, it's like their kids have, have medical debt and they left everything to some asshole with two airplanes <laughs> because God. So, yeah, but they do send you like random little shit that they're like, we got this. And everything comes from Israel. Oh yeah. For sure. Everything comes directly from like the Jordan river or Jerusalem or like the garden of Gethsemane. So like, it's really, there's some real interesting capitalism going on here. Cause it's like, you can't be sending, you can't be taking like hundreds of thousands of these things. Cause I'm sure if, if, if not millions of these are being like sent out every month, cause they give you a little gift in return, right? Mm-hmm. Like just to like tide you over until God, until God gets back to you. And so, yeah, like it would be like, oh, this is like, we made this little like cross pendant to put on a necklace and it's made from like this, this wood from, from like olive trees that are growing in Israel somewhere. And it's, it's like of the true cross. <laughs> right? it's like, Basically what that is. Right. It's, it's a, it's a very like loaves and fishes situation of like, there is, there is an, uh, there's an amount of this that cannot be depleted. <laughs> yeah. There is a forest of true crosses out there. Oh my gosh. And so, and, and you know, the thing about this is it's like, if it came from anywhere in Israel, it came from like, an olive, an olive orchard that like a Palestinian fucking planted. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, none of these motherfuckers had anything to do with no, that. No, not at all. That was, was taken during some settlement. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they come up with all kinds of stuff and it's like anointing oil. It's like, this is just vegetable oil that you got at Costco or like Sam's club or whatever the fuck that place is called. I don't think we have that here. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a whole mess. And this was literally my entire childhood, my entire childhood. It, you know, Tori, it truly is amazing that you walked away from the faith. <laughs> I just, I can't believe why you would do that. It's, it was just like the constant, the constant bombardment. And I like, I didn't, I didn't know anything different because I wasn't allowed to know that anything different existed. So yeah, like my, my parents really did 
love Creflo Dollar. And I think he was only on like once a week. So that was like kind of a treat. Pat Robertson was on every day. So we Jan got Crouch. Jan Crouch was on every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive purple or pink hair. I mean, I her hair fucking way. her hair fucking rules. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, <laughs> like, like the, and the these people look ridiculous. Like they are yes. very much like they look like cartoon villains come cartoon to cartoon villains, Hollywood rejects. Like <laughs> you would, you know, like you wanted to be a movie star and you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a higher paying gig. So you did it. Truly, truly. Oh, my gosh. And like, you know, this kind of this. It, there's a tradition here that goes back like a little ways, you know, and there have always been like, there have always been people who were doing this and they're, you know, they're grifters and, and like Benny Hinn's whole thing is like, you ask people to like come up for prayer and people who don't have like super, super obvious injuries, like things that cannot be fixed, quote unquote, on the spot. Right. If you can't get a person like out of their wheelchair, then um, you don't get invited on stage <laughs> because it's like we can't we can't coerce you. And it's like, OK, if there's thousands or like tens of thousands of people in this space and some dude who's claiming that he's being like, uh, I don't know, put upon by the Holy Spirit. I don't know what is happening precisely uh, in order to like make you you like you one person feel better. Like, yeah, you're going to drop your crutches and limp across the stage (laughs) like that's just that's just like classic that's like psychology 101 right in terms of manipulation like that is very like that's just standard issue bullshit and but yeah it's like you're not gonna like or something that you can't that can't be seen right so somebody can come up and say like god cured my cancer you don't fucking know you haven't been back to the doctor (laughs) yeah yeah, you've not been back to the doctor and you know like yeah i've heard a lot of those stories where it's like you know yeah, we went in for something and, you know, it looked like it might have been cancer, but went back and it wasn't. God cured them. Like, well, maybe it just wasn't like that happens a lot. You know, there are oh, a lot of all the time you know, weird things that happen in the body. And, and so it's like all the yeah, time. This is good news, objectively good news. But you didn't get healed on stage <laughs> just now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, 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 you know, doctors, technicians, like they sometimes get stuff wrong. Like technology doesn't always work perfectly. So, you know, like, yeah, it's possible that like one test shows something and then further testing shows like, oh, that's not actually what's going on here at all. Right. Like there's an actual, there's a perfectly reasonable reason that you're having these lab results or whatever the situation is. Right. So yeah, these people, they're like, they're, 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 they're bad people. They're up there with like, you know, arms manufacturers, in my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, and the, the wild thing is, is it's, it, it's fine when it's in this like weird niche, like one or two channels on television, I, you know, not fine, but it's like, okay, that's, you know, I think there was a time when televangelists were seen as like, oh, that's interesting. They're on TV. And I think maybe a lot of people thought like, oh, these people are weird. But televangelists principles and practices started becoming part of like normal large churches. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Joel Olstein, for example, is definitely a televangelist, even though he's also a pastor of a church. Mark Driscoll would be another Mm -hmm. one who's like Mm -hmm. all the televangelist vibes, all of you know, and he would have made fun of televangelists, but like absolutely televangelists. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was really interesting. Something that I noticed like over the years in church, because when I was a little kid, like, yeah, televangelists, even people in our, the little house churches we went to were kind of like, yeah, like that's, that's, that's dumb. That's sketch, like whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel like kind of as, as time went by more and more people, I, it became more like mainstream in, within evangelicalism that like Christian TV became, you know, a thing. Like when I, I remember in junior high and high school, people were like, yeah, those guys are like, those guys are grifters. Like they're not good people. Like that was just a thing that was known. And so I didn't ever talk about the fact that they were constantly on in our house. Yeah. You're like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Right. It was like, I didn't have, I had no control over what was on the television in our home, but yeah, I mean, as time went on, it became like more and more and more accepted 
I think that people like, like Joel Osteen and Hillsong, I think was another one of those kind of like jump the shark sort of situations because these folks are all very kind of like heavily dependent on, on like charismatic Pentecostal theology. Right. And, and this idea of like the Holy spirit is going to speak to me and then I'm going to say something and like through the television screen, like you're going to feel better. Right. Which is not a thing that you can do if you don't think the Holy spirit works that way. <laughs> so, Right. Uh, but yeah, so there's been, there's been like a really big shift towards like the supernatural, like, it, like that has been much more mainstreamed. I, I feel, you know, kind of, and I think that, I think that Hillsong kind of helped kind of perpetuate that. Cause they're in assemblies of God church. Like they believe in like speaking in tongues and like laying hands on people and having them be healed. Like they believe all of those miracles in the Bible are still things that happen every day. You know, even if we don't hear about them or whatever. I do uh, for science and technology and right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, uh, or people, you know, people going, they would have a lot of these pastors who were like, Oh, I went to, went to Africa and I laid hands on this corpse of this 11 year old and they got up and started walking around. <laughs> Okay, sure. But yeah, it it it's it's considered so much more normal now than when I was a kid and I find that deeply horrifying on many levels. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I find to be the the scary sketchy thing and it, it it's capitalism. Is really what it comes down to it. It is it is capitalism and the church just continues to become more and more capitalist but like not even capitalist in the good way like i'm i'm not the good my, way my views on capitalism are are nuanced and complex like that's fair i don't think it's automatically evil i just think right. it becomes evil very quickly yeah um but it's like taking on the worst parts of capitalism uh-huh. like like so like the church becomes the capitalist uh-huh you know like right. So, so it's like, you know, like state capitalism, it's like, oh, it's not great, but it's like, at least, you know, people have health care. It's like, oh, then the, the church becomes the capitalist as in like, you know, we offer everything and, you know, and, and we're also teaching, telling people to vote. Don't vote for state health care. We'll take care of your medical bills, you know, through Jesus or whatever. Give it give to us. So it's like this very weird, like. No, they do say this. They don't yeah, do it. They do. Like, um, and it doesn't, they don't, they don't follow through. It's like worse than an insurance company. Oh God. Yeah. We should do a whole episode on that scam. Yeah. That's another scam. So, but yeah, so it, it, it becomes this thing where it's like, they take on more and more of this. And, and then you, then you get like scandals, like Marky McDriscoll buying, you know, using church funds to buy his way onto buy himself the, onto the seller yeah. list. Uh-huh. And it's, it's not like you can like, then be removed from the New York Times bestseller list. Like once you've done that, like yeah, he will always be a New York Times bestselling author, and he used church funds to do it, and church we'll continue to get that... book deals on right. that. Yeah, just on just on that. Yeah, that was that was a whole mess. That was great. It was that was all missions money, by the way. They were like, we've set aside this this fund specifically for overseas missions, oh, and then they just like part. dipped into that to purchase 250,000 copies of his own book. It's great. <laughs> wonderful. Just wonderful. It's just, it's so good. It's just, it's just so, that's, so, so that's good. millions of dollars. It is. Yeah, it is. I didn't actually think about that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. And like, did, did, did he give the books away? Like what happened to the, are they just in a warehouse somewhere? <laughs> um, He did give, he, well, he gave them to people at Mars Hill. So, you know, that's several, several thousand copies. Um, good use of missions money. Yeah, t- truly enriching yourself. You know, I'm not really sure what happened to many of the others, to be quite frank. It's been to a wood chipper somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he's there's, yeah, he's not going to pay for storage for that shit. There's no way. No. Let's do <laughs> Take money out of the missions budget. <laughs> Store a hundred thousand copies of my own book. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. No. So yeah, but it is, it is all like very, very much the same. And you know, it's like at this point, it's hard to know like who is copying who. Yeah. Right. And uh yeah, 
I don't, I, I like, I don't, I don't actually know. There's just like this really big kind of conflation between like pop psychology kind of blends MBA bullshit and, <laughs> and like Christianity mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Right. It's kind of like meets in the middle there. And it's just like good vibes and hard work and like, you can do it. I don't love, know. Love and light only. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you guys no, like this, this is not this good. Is, this is like, yeah, the cribbing from witchcraft and cribbing from <laughs> like the occult and cribbing from capital. It's all it's all just theft, just stealing ideas and making and making a fantastic grift. It's it's like snake oil sales, but you're not even selling snake oil. Right. You're selling like the idea. The idea that you could get better, which I mean, that that's a potent idea. I am. It I'm is. Not, that's true. That is know. true. Like from a psychological perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that has a little bit of weight to it. Yeah, for sure. It's not going to hear your fucking cancer. Like, don't leave all of your shit to these people. Uh, yeah. Like when, when you have died, they didn't work. <laughs> so don't give them more money, please. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And it's 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 sad. And, and unfortunately, maybe the, the tele-evangelist itself will die, but the fact that it is now in the megachurch, the megachurches are tele-evangelists. I think this phenomenon is going to be with us for a while, you know, because you have, you have Greg Locke, I mean, who's every bit a tele-evangelist, even though right. he's, preaches uh, in a tent or whatever. Yeah, preaches in a tent. Apparently, he revoked his he revoked his own tax exempt status. Oh, so that he could so that he could be political. Yeah, so that he could say whatever he wanted. Now he said this. I don't know if he actually did. Well, we could, you know, but we could ask. Andrew Seidel might have some information for us on this particular could. topic. He could. Um, but I, I just I found that funny that people were going after his tax exempt status, and he's like, "Fine, I recant. <laughs> I recant. <laughs> I will pay the government money so, so I that I can manipulate." I yeah. Uh huh. <clears throat> Which Excuse you me. know, again, like he's a terrible human being. But I can respect the fact that he's like, you know what? I want to say this shit. I want to say this shit. So I'm gonna pay the fee. I'm gonna pay the fee. Yeah, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay my dues to say the shit. So in that, you know, Greg Locke and and Doug Jones get a very begrudging. Not not, not Doug Jones. Doug Wilson. Oh, Doug Wilson. Not Doug. <laughs> Wrong Jones. Doug. Sorry, Doug. Sorry, Doug Jones. Um, Doug Wilson get a, a very begrudging nod from me to go. Oh, okay. I mean. You know, if you're going to be that way, at least own it. You've owned it. I appreciate yeah. that you've owned how terrible you are. Yeah. There, there are worse ways to be terrible, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might be the most depressing thing I've ever said on this show. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, so yeah, avoid televangelists. Um, and also try to be better at power analysis because we all kind of are new We all it. need it. Because yep, sure. there's no space that it does, the power doesn't exist, right? There's no space that is completely like 100%. Everyone has the exact same amount of power, <laughs> you know, like that, that, that's not a real thing. So it is something that like should be taken seriously. And it's not super, super complicated. Like once you start looking for it, it's really quite easy to find. I think like some, some issues are kind of complicated, but you know, I mean, I like one of the things that really struck me in that in, in trying to figure that part out was I was like, okay, well, so there's no way that Mary could have consented to carrying Jesus. Cause like, this is a fucking deity. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a choice. Yeah. Mary, did Who? you know that like, you can't say no to God? <laughs> like, there's Doesn't not... the Bible say that? Doesn't the Bible say like, Pretty you sure. can't say no to God? <laughs> Pretty sure. Like there's not a, anyone that did, it did not turn out well. You turn into smoke or salt or something, yeah. some yeah, some so flavor. Her options were like turn into a pillar of salt or carry this baby. Right. You know, like like, the, well, those aren't those aren't real options. options. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Whew. Power Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they. That's why they avoid it. Because <laughs> the whole thing falls apart. It's a religion based on coercion. Uh huh. So. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's a fun thought to leave on. Indeed. If you've enjoyed this conversation about the weird world of televangelism and power analysis in the Southern Baptist Church, uh, <laughs> you know, 
leave us a, a five-star review uh, on wherever you on Spotify or on Apple podcasts. It really helps our show's visibility so we can reach more and more people. You can also follow us Twitter and Instagram at go home Bible. I'm Justin D Gentry on the Twitters. Tori is Tori glass on the Twitters and uh, anything else to add? I think we handled it. I think we did. All right. Thanks everybody. Have a great week and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.